0: Welcome to the True Vine podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. I love my church. Wow. Three of us love our church. (laughs) I'm kidding. And I am teaching this morning on our third week again, the, the objective of this series is for us and you to gain a greater appreciation and understanding of our church. Somebody shout our church. You see, this is the most influential, countercultural, and enduring organization that has ever existed in all of human history. It is the church. And in this series, you may guessed it by the volunteers around that you see them wearing t-shirts, That it says, I love my church. I love God's people. Someone shout, I love my church. church. And it's because of the church that makes me better in this life that I live. And consequently, it's because of the church that makes you a better Christian. A more valuable item in God's kingdom. Because the church always brings value to our lives. The church always brings value to my marriage. The church always brings value, Sister Rose, of who I am because I learn and I glean and I understand and I embrace. It's because of the church that I am still serving God today. It's because of the church I can stand on this platform with full victory and say greater is he that is in me than he that is in the church. If I was by myself, I don't think I could understand or I could even understand what God was trying to do. But it takes the church to help us understand that. It was 30 A.D. That was the year of the crucifixion the resurrection, when Jesus ascended into heaven. And that's when he established his church. And in Acts chapter 2, after the outpouring of the Spirit, after Peter's message in verse 38, in verse 42, it said, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, watch this, and fellowship. You can't fellowship with yourself. Fellowship is other people. It's a part of your circle, your Google Hangout, your bubble. It says, and fellowship, and the breaking of bread and prayers. After the church was established, after the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ, after the first church was established, they begin to be continually steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, breaking bread, prayers, and fellowship. The church, my friend, is something so valuable that we cannot do without. I've got to stay in the church. I've got to stay tethered to the church. The church is you and I, and it's God's people that care for us and that run to our aid and that rejoice with us and that weep with us and that sit through the lonely nights with us. Thank God for the church of the living God. Can you shout amen? That's why I'm excited about this series, because our church is standing on the shoulders of Jesus. A 2,000-year church in the works, in the history. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not conquer it or prevail against it. I love my church. You see, he makes a point here. It's not my church. It's not the members' church. It's Jesus' church. It's God's church. And now the other point I want us to make and understand is that the church is continually locked in a spiritual battle. The powers of hell are continually trying to conquer the church. And the church is always under spiritual attack. The church is the medium to which God carries out his love for the hurting and the broken and the lost and the discouraged and the depressed. That's how he carries out ministering to people that are in need. Yes, in some strange way God needs the church in. God uses the church. The church is the bridge or the vehicle or the conduit to a lost and dying world. And I say, thank God I'm a part of the church. Thank God I'm a part of that bridge. Thank God I'm a part of that conduit to help somebody see exactly who Jesus is. I love my church and the church is that important. So it's constantly being attacked. But the good news is, even through the powers, although the powers of hell are trying to conquer this church, God let us know that in the end, we win, my friend. In the end, the church prevails. You can see it from Genesis to Revelations. You can see it through the Gospels, through the book of Acts. When you are filled with the Spirit of God, you are baptized into the body of Christ. Your sins are washed away. And in the end, the church prevails. The church is a winner. I'm going to be a winner. I'm going to prevail. I'm going to, Finish my course. I'm going to walk on streets of gold. I'm going to help get the gospel out. I'm going to love everybody. How are you going to do that? Through the church. Through the church. You see, if the church is people, then I need to gather myself with people to make a church. But the Tony, me by myself is not a church. There's no scriptural precedence. There's no scriptural supporting, but it's the church of the living God. And for 2000 years, and running. The church is still a hope for the world. I'm so glad I'm a part of, of, of the hope that's been going 2,000 years, my friend. Hey, it's the church. And if you need hope this morning, my friend, it's not just about over yonder or outside these four walls. The church is your hope today. If you're not doing well this week, then I'm preaching to you that the church is here to help you, to hear to bless you, to hear to encourage you. Why? Because we are dispensing hope every Sunday into every life to let you know that no matter how dark the night is no matter how deep the valley is the church will be here and the church is going nowhere so we are the church. That brings comfort to me. That excites me that I'm not trying to live for God on my own. Although there is a continual spiritual battle, I'm not out there by myself trying to wage warfare on the enemy. No, I've got the church. I got a prayer team down here on Friday night. I got a pastor that preaches over the pulpit on a Sunday. It's somewhere between all this. I got a connect group. I'm getting dispensed the word of God. What are we doing? We're bringing hope to your life. And maybe right now you don't need hope, but there's coming a day you're going to need hope. You're going to hope this will pass. You're going to hope we can figure this out. We're going to hope I don't get sick. I'm going to hope. Hello, somebody. So, yes, the church is not just the hope for the world. I'm happy to tell you the church is the hope for you. The church is the hope for me. The church gives me hope for my future and my family and for my friends and who I am and my life. Thank God for the church. Can you shout, I love, my I love my church? You see, the Bible says that we are spiritual orphans and that we need a church family. Again, the church is not the building, the church is the people that make up the church. So, who is the church? The church is you. The church is you with a purpose. The church is you with a mission. And when we understand this, And that we live like this. All the things we used to do in church become the things we do after church. Why? Because in a moment, we'll dismiss from this first service. And we will go back into our lives and our neighborhoods. And maybe you're going to yoke up under the pressure of this week or the pressures of bills or things in family situations. But please know this, that you have been in a hope station on a Sunday morning. And, yes, God does lean over the portals of heaven. And he sees his churches. And he sees his people and he sees the situations but what am i doing i come on sunday morning to hear a word from god to hear the voices of god's people and to step into an anointed worship service why it's bringing me hope to my world and maybe you're struggling with something you haven't shared with anybody and maybe you're up against a dark time but i'm here to tell you thank god for the church i love the church the power that comes with the church the church always wins and i am a part of the church Woo! So God deserves it. Deserves what? The church. The world needs it. And we are called to be it. Who is the church? The church is you and I. Think about it. We are in a political presidential election. I don't know what, 14 days out, 16 days out. And the atmosphere the pandemic and the riots. I understand this one thing. Politics and this world is not the hope for the world. Just watch any streaming media and you understand they're never going to figure this out. Politics can't fix what's broken because it's not a political problem. No company and no business can fix what's broken because it's not a business problem. It's a spiritual problem. It's a pulling away from God's principles and His Word. And the, wor- and the world gets darker and further from God. It's a spiritual problem. And in the height of the spiritual dilemma and problem in the darkness, I'm going to stay in the church because I know this. No, Regardless of what happens on November the 3rd and regardless when we get a vaccine and I want all that stuff, but I know that I'm going to stay in the church. Why? Because I'm protected and the church wins and I'm going to be safe and I'm going to get ready and I'm going to go to heaven someday and I'm going to walk on streets of gold someday but in the course of doing all that I'm going and staying and living in the church someone shout "I I love my church the church is the hope of the world because what's broken within us is a spiritual problem it's not political, it's not financial, it's not cultural and as the church is God's only hope we must show the love to a broken world. I called our cell phone carrier this week and she asked me for my name and she had a slight southern drawl. She goes from North Carolina. And she goes, "Yes, and what is your occupation?" I said I'm a pastor. Now, I don't know she said, but she said, yeah. She said, yeah, I thought you were a pastor by the way you talk. <laughs> so then I said, come on, somebody. <laughs> and so I, th- I said, well, do you go to church? And then I thought, yeah, somewhere i got to get back to my AT&T question. Or I'm going to be. <laughs> but I got to thinking as I hung up that I was, you know what, in some weird way, Brother Tim, I might have brought a little hope to her life. Right. As I kind of get back onto my notes and my study, I thought, you know what, that didn't, see- I was calling AT&T. But I had a little Jesus convo with her. Uh, people need the church. And how many people do you converse and talk with and interface with and link with that maybe they're just watching your life, Chris, at work and you're dispensing hope? Chris, what'd you I just live my life. I pulled up to the desk. I'm smiley, I'm bubbly. They know I go to church. I don't make no apologies about it. But you're dispensing hope maybe by your persona and body language. That's what the church does. And then we got other ones that maybe knock on doors and Brother Foster will tell them you're getting hope even if you want it or not. I feel in the Holy Ghost, you need it. Here, open your mouth. Now lift your hands to Jesus and say, thank you, Lord. I'm going to have to change that next time for Brother Foster's next service. I'll have to use another. Brother Tim, I'll pick on you or something. Here's my point. No matter where we go and what we do, we can, de- we can be dispensing hope because we are the church. We fragment and kind of go our different ways after church into the cities and communities and hedges and byways. But here, the church doesn't fragment. We become maybe a standalone church beacon into a life of a lady in North Carolina on AT&T. Or maybe you're in her- Hello, somebody. Can I help you today? Why? Because I'm the church. And I want God to be proud of me as I represent him in conversations or actions. Hello now, come on. Even when nobody from the church is watching me, God still watches me, and I better be dispensing hope or he's not going to be pleased with my actions. A lot of times when we think of organizations, we think of their dynamic founders. The Ford Motor Company, we think of Henry Ford, Walmart, Sam Walton, Apple, Steve Jobs. And sometimes we admire and idolize those people because of the movement that they've created. But can I tell you something here this morning? The church is led by a leader, its founder, who is still alive today, Jesus Christ. Our risen Savior. All of these I mentioned preceded, they're not alive. Their movement isn't being led by them. But watch this. A business, a church, an establishment, after 2,000 years, our founder and our leader and our visionary is still alive today, living inside of people, moving inside of people, making a difference inside of people, repairing hearts and souls. I'm telling you, my friend, thank God for Calvary. Thank God for the Savior. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Hey, I love my church. Woo! Whoa, hallelujah. And I'm not minimizing Steve Jobs, Sam Walton, Henry Ford have made a huge impact on how we live today. But they have made not even close to the impact that God has made on the history of mankind. I respect them, geniuses, but the founder of our church, Jesus Christ, has impacted humanity more than any person living or that has lived in the past. You see, I think Peter received it. He got it. He said, Jesus is the foundation, and I build my hope. Have you ever heard someone say, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church? I love Jesus, but I can't stand the church. You know, the problem with that attitude is that in scripture, Jesus says that the church is his bride. And the church is his bride, and it's the most important thing to him. That would be like saying, I love Pastor, but I don't like his wife. Just an example. Go with my story. We can talk about it at home. Pastor is amazing, a genius marvelous. But his wife, come on, it's just an illustration. Don't ruin my message. But you say you don't love my wife, you don't like my wife, then you know what? We can't be friends. That's my bride. You don't like her, you like me, then you don't like me. So my point is to say you love God and you don't like the church. You're saying, I don't like the bride he picked. He's coming back for his bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And if I don't like his bride, my actions are saying, ultimately, I don't like him because I don't endorse who he picked for his wife. Hello, somebody. So to say I love my church... In the same token, saying I love my God. But to say I love my God and I don't go to church and I don't like church, no, 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 no. He spoke to that. Hey, the church is my bride. You don't like her, we can't hang out. You don't like her, I can't fill your life. You don't like her, you don't like the church, I can't bring you the benefits of knowing me because you don't like my wife. You think if you didn't like my wife, I'm going I'm to break you off a gift card to go somewhere. Oh, I'm glad you don't like her. Here's a $100 gift card to Outback. No. But it's quite the opposite. It's like those of you that shower her with accolades and love and kindness, any husband, Brother Garcia, says, you know what? Babe, I like your friends. Why? Because they like you like I like you and love you. Amen. And if we are one, then this works. But when someone says, you, I like you and I don't like your spouse, right. that don't work. We don't, we're not going on vacation, okay? <laughs> we can't. So my point is, if I love my church, I got to love the people. If I love only God and not the church, no, you don't. You don't love God. You're exploiting, you're scheming against the prophetic word of God. But when the church is working together with the people and the lives are being changed, we become a force that no darkness, no political climate, no disease or pandemic or plague can overtake us. Why? Because we are a part of God's bride. Let me ask you a question here. How do you think God tends to his church, his bride, when she gets sick? If there's something coming against God's church, spiritually, physically, mentally, financially, socially, God protects his church in the same way that any of us that are married, when our spouse gets sick, we come to their aid and we tend to them and we do everything for them. We want them to get better, get some rest. Here's some chicken noodle soup. Here, let me take this. Let me wash the dishes. Let me wash the clothes. No, you don't do nothing. Why? Because that's part of us. And when our spouse is sick, our life is not really good right then. We want our spouse to raise back up. It's the same way that God's going to protect his church, his bride. He's coming back for a bride, quote, church that is healthy and ready and excited and vibrant and happy that he returns and we're going to live on heaven and we're going to walk on streets of gold. What am I talking about? I'm Talking about the bride of Christ, which is the church of the living God. Who is that? That's me. That's you. That's us. That's those that are streaming. Why do you say that? Because I love my church. Woo! Someone shout, I love my church. church. And so don't be speaking negatively about your church. Don't be talking negatively about my wife. Don't be talking negative about my family. Don't be talking negative about the family of God because God picked his bride and it's a reflection on him if you're talking negative about the church because it's the bride of Christ because God's coming back for his bride whether you like the bride or not. We don't have that option. That's not in the cards of humanity that we pick his bride. So all I'm saying is speak positive be loving to the church, be kind to the church, be giving to the church, be, you see what I'm saying? I love my church, and I want to encourage you to pray for your church. And I want you to take the love challenge and say, I'm going to love everybody in our church. Why? Because I got a perspective when Pastor preached. I saw the church now as God's bride, and I didn't realize I had an attitude towards his bride or someone within the bride. I'm going to take the challenge, the love challenge, say, I'm going to pray for my church. I'm going to work on loving God's bride. I thought I was so spiritual. I love God so much. I realized, you know what? It's a package deal. It's a marriage. It's the bride of Christ, and it's Christ. And I love them both, and I'll do anything for both. And if God called me here, and the church asked me to do this, what am I doing? I'm saying yes to God and His bride. The oldest company in the United States is a company called Caswell Massey. They make soap, and their claim to fame is that George Washington gave a bottle of their cologne to a French general during the Revolutionary War. It's been a long time, and Caswell Massey also dates back to 1752. 1752. So they've been making soap for over 250 years. When you say a company's been in business that long, that's a long time for a secular company. 250 years in business making soap. But the church of Jesus Christ has been changing lives and turning the world upside down for 2,000 years, my friend, making a difference. How significant is that when it comes to eternity? I'm telling you here, my friend, the church is the greatest thing going, the greatest establishment, the greatest business, the greatest gathering, the greatest body of people, the greatest people coming together. What is it? It's the church of the living God. 2,000 years and running, and it's not stopping, and it's not slowing down, and it's not retreating, and it's not losing momentum. Them, and it's not, hmm, come on. Oh, someone shout, I love my church. Love my church. The church is present in every, nearly every village throughout the world. And the organization that we belong to, the last report I heard last month, we're in like, I think Brother Mark, excuse me, Pastor Mark, already violated my own rule. I'm gonna have to arrest myself is that we're in like 209, 211 countries and provinces. I'm talking about the United Pentecostal Church. For the French, we're making a difference. Who's we? The church. And Coca-Cola has long had the goal that they want to have everyone in the world taste Coke at some point. The church goes into places that Coca-Cola has never been into villages and every parts of the world, and the church reaches out to everyone. And no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what your past looks like, because of the church, you can have the best life moving forward. Here's the beautiful thing about the church. It's for everyone. Regardless of your scriptural knowledge, regardless of how long you have been in this place, regardless of your past and the stains of sin that have scarred your life, the church is for you. We, someone shout we, We. are a body of believers that rally together, that rejoice together, that wage warfare on life together. When you are in the church, hear me, and when you are a part of God's church, you are never alone in any situation. Sister Rose, after 60 years, there's a lot of situations that could pop up that I couldn't have explained or anticipated. But the church is always there. The support, the value... When we are at the lowest point of life, how many of us have had church people rally with us? My father passed away. January be two years ago. And my brother was going to have a little service at a little chapel in Prescott. Beautiful, picturesque. We were over there the month that he passed although he was living at the time my brother took me by said Tom we're going to go here and I rented it out and money's not the issue but it's just it's a little bitty dinky little chapel overlooking a nice forest in Prescott stained glass maybe you could max out the seating at 40 people but you got to understand my parents were in church Although the majority of their time invested in the local assembly was in Chula Vista. The last, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years of my dad's life, he was living in Prescott, Arizona. So my brother says, we're going to rent this, and I already got it reserved. Hey, I like it. Looks good. Cool. Picturesque. Peaceful looking. And then word got out. The date was set. I think it was February 3rd, February 4th. And people started responding, Hey, I want to go from California Their, I'm going to say their former church. Some of you here went. And my brother had to move the little chapel arrangements. Watch this to the big Pentecostal church in town. why brother John because the church showed up and my brother said I just didn't think anybody would come from California what are you saying I'm saying I I experienced that brother Ron and it was a full house but grandma that's what the church does Conversely, when my wife was a chaplain at the hospital, <laughs> a lady died and she requested a Pentecostal preacher. So somehow my wife volunteers me. My husband will do it. Sure I will. Why? Because I'm the church. Here's the conversed, a contrasting picture. We show up there, babe, and I don't know. I don't want to exaggerate, but at the funeral... Was there four of us? Five? You see, that family didn't know the church. What's the difference? The church. Times of adversity, times of celebration, and everything else in between. I love my church. I need my church. If I'm going to survive and stay faithful to God in this walk, I need every one of you. I need your love. I need your support. I need your prayers. Occasionally, I'm going to need your chicken noodle soup. Even when I'm not sick, I could use your pasole. What's the big deal? That's the church, man. I might as well leverage it. I like pasoli, everybody, whoever makes it. I I do like cheese enchiladas. What are you doing, Pastor? I'm enjoying the church. What's wrong with that? And I want you to enjoy the church, and I want you to love the church. Amen. Could you stand with me this morning? Amen. Let me pray for us. I love you guys. We are stronger as a unit. There's always somebody at the top of their game in the church interceding and the rest of us fall between here and there. So thank God I have the church. There's always a prayer team down here every Friday at 6.30 praying. I could come any Friday or I could just take comfort. That's what the church does. So I'm going to challenge you. Take the love challenge of your church and pray for your church and maybe this week just one or two text messages hey i love you you're the bride of christ and you're beautiful and i prayed for you you see god's bride is beautiful because we're in it you make it beautiful and he's coming back for you and you and you and you I'm excited and I'm hopeful we just got to make do until God comes back let me pray for us Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Lord I ask that you would anoint your bride today that you would bless her Lord with strength and health stamina and power God we will be ready we will not have spots and wrinkles and blemishes. We will be beautiful when you return, God. And we will fill the house. And we will prevail. And we will overcome. Because your spirit dwells inside of your bride. And it bears witness with who you are. And the power that you bring is available to us. The apostolic church. 2,000 years in running, God. We are waiting and we are ready and we are willing. And I pray an anointing upon everyone that's viewing today and everyone that's in person. Let us receive a special word. I pray this in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you and God bless.